Okay, we're on the bottom of Pei Beis, Amit Beis, the bottom line. The last thing the Gemara said it was because of a Misa during the, the rebellion between um, uh, uh, Hashmanoim, Hurkinus, and Astroblis, that because they raised the Chazer uh, instead of giving the carbon Tamid, and the Chazer put his feet in the, in the, in the walls of Yushalayim, they made Xeri not let to raise pigs at all. And they also said that it's cursed is anyone who teaches his son Chachmas Yivanis. Now I mentioned Chachmas Yivanis, Chachmas Yivanis, because that was what the older man inside the walls of Yushalayim used to communicate to the members outside to send up a Chazer. Now, I mentioned, and the Gemara is going to elaborate, Chachmas Yivanis is not Greek language. It was like a Greek like form of communication that was only done by like the very, very wealthy. So the Gemara speaks this out. Chachma Sivanas Mi Asura is it also to learn the Greek Chachma. And again, at this point, the Gemara assumes that Chachma Sivanas is also just the Greek language. But Tanya, but the Brisa says, Amar Rebbe, Beretz Yisrael. Rebbe used to say that Neretz Yisrael, Loshon Sursi Lama. Why are people speaking Sursi? Sursi was a form of Aramaic. He didn't understand why they were speaking Aramaic in Eretz Yisrael. Rather, Oy Loshon Akkadish or Loshon Yivanas. They should either speak Loshon Akkadish or Greek. Now, the reason why Greek would be in the same category as Lashon Yivane, is Lashon Kaidish is because the Pasuk says by Yefes, Yaptelikim Yefes, V'yishken Bali Shem. Yefes is Greek, and it'll rest in the house of shame. So therefore, which is Klal Yisrael, so Rebbe used to say, why is everyone learning um, uh, uh, Aramaic, speaking Aramaic, they should speak in Lashon Kaidish or Greek. So you see, Greek is allowed. So the Gemara, and the Amr of Yossi and Rav Yossi similarly said, why are we speaking Aramaic? Either speak Lashon HaKadosh or Persian, I guess because Persian was what the guy who spoke at the time, I'm not sure. The point is, Rashi says that the Persian is, the language is more beautiful. Okay. Now, the point is, you see that Greek is definitely permitted. It's an option. So how could you say that it's Asir? So the Gemara responds, The answer is, Lashen, it's not the Greek language that's Asir, it's Chachmas Yivanis, which was a form of communication, gesturing or something, that was done by the Chosheva members of, of Greece. But it was not Lashen Yivanis, the Greek language is permitted to be spoken. The Gemara says, but what is Asir is Chachmas Yivanis. I'll say it outside, then we'll see it inside. The problem was, that Rav Shimon Gamliel says that his family, they, they spoke Chachmas Yivanas. So if it's Aser, how is that allowed? The Chachmas Yivanas mi Asira is Chachmas Yivanas Taka Aser. Bamar Rav Yehuda Meshmul Meshum Rav Shimon Ben Gamliel. Rav Shimon Gamliel used to say, the Pasuk says, it's a Pasuk in Eicha, Eini Oilo Lanafshi Mikol Ben Eiseri. My eyes are like disgusted by all the loss of the children. And what is this referring to? Elef Yiladim Hayyibes Abba. And he said, my father's household had a thousand young men who were a member of the Nasi, uh, I guess, I guess, of Gamliel's household. Chamesh, and to show how chashev they were, Chamesh me'ayis mehem lamdu Torah. Five hundred of them learned Torah. Chamesh me'ayis lamdu chachmas yivanis. And five hundred of them learned chachmas yivanis. Stop right there. You see that they learned it, so it can't be awesome. Okay? And the only one that remained was me. Everyone else, I guess, was killed out. And the only other person is me and um, my uncle in Asia. Point is, you see from here, you see from here that they used to learn Chachmas Yavanis. 
The Gemara responds, Amri, Shani, Beis, Rav Gamliel, Shay, you crave in the Malchus. The answer is, Chachos Yavanis is generally permitted, but Rav Gamliel, because he was the Nasi, so he had to interact with the aristocrats and the Chashiva people of Yavan, he had to know the language in order to communicate with them. Meaning, generally it's not allowed, but if you're, if you're going to be going to the White House, there are certain things you need to be able to do, to communicate. And that was necessary for them. The Gemara continues, as the Braisa says, Hamasapra Kumi. Someone who gets a haircut uh, called a Kumi haircut. It's unclear what it was. It's either cutting off almost the entire head, except for leaving, you know, like some hair in the back, like a really extreme mullet, or um, another option is more cutting around the, the shorter on the sides, like a really fade, like a real fade. Either way, let's assume that it didn't cut off enough payas. Let's say it was a fade. So the halacha is, you're not allowed to because that's the ways of the goyim. You're not allowed to get a haircut like that because that was the ways that the goyim used to do. But Avturi Baruvin was permitted. Why? He used to get this haircut. Because he was a member, he was very close to the king and all the emperors and all that stuff. So he had to sort of be able to be like them a little bit in order to communicate with them. So it's a similar hatter for Chachmas Yivanis. And the Gemara Brayse continues, And the Vesar of Gamliel, they were mako that they could he could communicate with Chachmas Yivanis, but he should the Malchus, because they're close to the king, and therefore that was necessary. Okay. Then the Mishnah said, that one of the other Takanas about Yishalayim, no, it's the Mishnah. You're not allowed to raise a dog. Unless it's chained up. Because if it's not chained up, it can scare people. And it can cause a woman who's pregnant to maybe miscarry. But if it's chained up, it's not so scary. You're not allowed to raise a dog. Unless it's, it's, it's always bound up with chains. However, if you're a city that's near the border... And the border has a Goyish inhabitants. Let's say you're a Jewish town and you're on the border by Goyim. So then you should have a dog and you should actually release the dog at night because it'll serve as like a guard dog and it'll protect, it'll bark if someone's approaching and that's actually permitted. So while it's in general not good to have a dog, if it's for protective purposes, that's allowed. So during the day where you don't need protection, people can protect, that you chain up the dog. But at night, you let the dog stand in front of the house, stand in front of the city, and it will serve as a guard dog. Tanya, Rav Lazar used to say, that if you raise dogs, like raising pigs. In general, raising dogs is as also as raising pigs. What's the difference? Why is it so, it's also as raising pigs? It's also so what's the difference? So the Gemara says, What it means is, it's not just also. The same way, if you raise pigs, there's a curse. If you raise a dog, there's a curse as well. We said that you're allowed to raise a dog if you're on a border town with Goyim. So the Gemara says, Bavel also has a city like that. There's a city that's permitted to have raised dogs, and that is Targum Nardoi. Nardoi was a Jewish town near Goyim, and that city you were allowed to raise dogs because they would protect, there would be guard dogs for the city. Again, the concern with dogs is that they'll bark, scare a woman, and she'll miscarry and lose a baby. So the Gemara des- describes the devastation of potentially losing a miscarriage. Miscarry. The Gemara says, Whatever this means, the Pasuk says, And when the 
Aaron would rest, Hashem's presence would return, Rivvois Alpha Yisrael. Return Hashem unto Rivvois Alpha Yisrael. Now, on a simple level, Rivvois Alpha Yisrael just means a lot of Jews. But if you actually translate it, Aleph is a thousand, Alpha is two thousand. Rivvois, a Rivav, that's ten thousand. Rivvois is two times, 20, two times ten thousand, which is twenty thousand. So Alpha is two thousand, Rivvois is twenty thousand. That means twenty-two thousand. So says the Gemara. Ein shchinashayor Yisrael, that Hashem's presence will not rest on Klal Yisrael, at least in a revealed way. Parachos mishnei alaf mishnei revavis. You need that it will be at least twenty-two thousand Jews. Whatever this means, the significance. What does it mean? Shchinashayor. What's the significance of this number? Twenty-two thousand Jews. So says the Gemara. Chaser echad. Let's say you have a city that is 21,999. So it's missing one. The Shechin is not sure. But a woman's pregnant. So when she gives birth, it'll be 22,000. Mom should bring down the Shechin. But this dog comes. A dog comes and barks, and the baby is miscarried. So not just is the baby lost, it could potentially affect the entire Shechin being sure. It's interesting the Gemara is like bringing this as like a proof of the devastation of miscarriage. Besides the fact that it's a loss of human life, it's also saying that maybe it's a riot to Eliezer that abortions and miscarriages are not murder. But uh, either way, the Gemara is saying that the devastation is not just the loss of human life, that this could have been the, you know, like the salvation for Claudius. So you never know who that baby's going to be. It could have been the one that made it to 22,000. The Gemara says a story. Hahi itisad Allah there was a woman who went to bake in her friend's house. Her friend said, come to my house, you can bake. Now, when she entered the house, she didn't realize that the owner of the house has a dog, and the dog barked. So, it scared her. But the owner of the house said, what all, what all dog owners say when people are scared, they say, don't worry, its teeth are removed, meaning it's very, very nice. It's not going to bite, it's not going to bite. So, the woman said, you could take your you could take your um, your uh, your nice words and throw it onto thorns. Meaning, I don't your words don't help me anymore. Why? I already lost the baby. Meaning, she already felt that there was a there was a miscarriage, and this is the impediment. This is the one of the motivations to Aser raising a dog was that the dog owners can say it's all friendly all they want, but the person. Could still be scared. The Gemara then okay. Now the last takana um, of the Mishnah was Ain Parson Noishman Liyavanim. You're not allowed to spread nets for capturing doves unless it's thirty risks outside of the city. Because if it's thirty risks outside of the city, the concern is you don't want to catch other people's doves. But thirty risks outside of the city, it's probably not um, uh, doves that are owned by people. It's probably wild. The implication is that doves will fly 30 ris outside of the city. Is that is that how far they go? I thought they only go 50 amas. The halachi is that you have to... A shoivach was a place that they would raise doves. You're not allowed to set up a shoivach within the city. It has to be at least 50 amas out of the city. Why? Because the doves will come and eat other people's uh, herbs or other people's graves within 50 amas. More than 50 amas, they probably won't come. Oh, so you see, the distance that we're concerned about them coming is 50 amas, not 30 ris, which is much more. So the answer is no. Obviously, doves will fly much more than 50 amas. But, 
they will eat within 50 amas of their nest. They'll fly much further. So when it comes to catching them, you can't set up a, a trap much more than 50 amas. But when it comes to the concern of them eating other people's food, 50 amas is fine because they will not eat, but they'll eat within their home, 50 amas of their nest. But they'll fly much further. The Gemara says, How far will they fly? 30 ris. Outside of 30 ris, then you don't have to be concerned. It's probably wild. Is that true? Tanya, the Bryson says, in a settled area, you're not allowed to spread a net even 100 mil, which is way more. 30 ris is 4 mil. This is 100 mil. It's Aser in a Yishuv because they'll fly much further. So the question is, will they fly 4 mil or even 100 mil? So the answer is, when it says Yishuv, it doesn't mean a city. It means Yishuv Kramim. It means vineyards. Meaning, if there's no vineyards, if you just have the outskirts of the town, the town ends, no more vineyards, no more, you know, Shaivach, then go 4 mil and you could spread your nets. But if there's vineyards to vineyards, they will fly from vineyard to vineyard, even a hundred mil. The Gemara says, Rabbah says it's not talking about vineyards, it's talking about the shayvachim, meaning if you have a shayvach to a shayvach, if you just have these nests to nests, they'll fly from nest to nest, even if it's a hundred mil. But if there is no nest and there is no vineyard and it's just outside of the skirts of the town, four mil and then they're done. The Gemara says, Wait a minute. So you're telling me that it's prohibited even 100 mil because they'll go from nest to nest. But then it should be also because there's a nest there. Meaning, you're saying that there's a nest over here and there's a nest, you know, 50 amas, 50 mil away. It's also because they'll go from nest to nest. But the, they're owned by people. Forget about the fact. Why isn't it also because of the nest itself? You're worried that they're going to fly a hundred mil away. You should be worried about the nest itself. Yeah, that's funny. It's interesting, Kasha. The Gemara responds, Perhaps they're talking about a case where the, the nests... Meaning, a dove, even if it's not a part of that nest, will fly from nest to nest, even a hundred mil. So that's why it's also because they'll fly, they'll rest on... You know, a shayvach to a shayvach, even a hundred mils. The Gemara says, if there are shayvachim, then forget about the fact that it could be a random person's resting. Maybe it probably owns, it belongs to the person who owns the nest. You have a shayvach, which is a giant, you know, they call it a dovecote. It's a place where doves can, like, hang out. The Gemara is saying that if you have, if there's multiple shayvachim, even a hundred mil is a problem between the shayvachim, because they'll fly from one to the other. Now, we're not concerned that the, the doves that you're going to catch are belonging to the person who owns the dove coat. They're just saying that they'll, they'll, they'll fly from one to the other. And that's why you can't spread the nest. Spread the nets. But the Gemara says, forget about the fact that they might, you are like, think that they're other people owned. Why don't you assume that, they own, that they're owned by the people who own the shayva? So the Gemara says, Three answers. Either we're talking about a case where the, the dove coat is owned by a guy, so I don't care. Well, the dove coat is owned by me, so, I, so I'm not concerned about stealing from myself, or it's Hefker. The point is, even if you know the dove coat is not a concern, but since it's there, other doves will rest on it, even up to 100 amas. Okay. Hundred Allah Maruba. Done the parrot of Maruba.
On to the next parak. So the Gemara says like this. This is now uh, Ahmed Bey's. Beginning of the eighth parak of Achoyvel. The Mishnah says, Achoyvel Bechaveiroi. We're talking about hurting another person. A person inflicting a wound on another person. What does he have to pay? So He has to pay for five things. Nezek, he has to pay for the damage. Tsar, and we're going to figure out how to calculate this. Tsar, you have to figure out, you have to pay for pain. Ripoy, you have to pay for the medical bills. Sheves, you have to pay for the loss of employment. And Boishis, and for the humiliation. Okay, let's go through each one. Nezek, how do you calculate Nezek? Now, Nezek cannot be how much would a person pay to, let's say you knocked out someone's eye. Well, how much would you pay to not have an eye? Because that would be a crazy amount. Rather, what's Nezek? Simis ain't if let's say Ruvain blinded Shimon or Shibis Rag or cut his yadi, or he cut off Shimon's hand, or Shibis Ragloya broke his leg. This is how you figure out. You figure out the value of a slave that's healthy and the value of a slave with those injuries, and the difference is what you pay. You look at him as a slave being sold in the market. You figure out what was his value before and what is his value now. And the difference between the two is what you pay. Tsar, how do you calculate pain? So pain is very simple. You figure out how much would a person uh, who needs money, how much would he like take this pain for? Like, let's say it's a, a level five pain. I'd give you a thousand dollars to go through that pain. Yeah, then that's what you pay. Tsar, kivoi b'shvud master. Let's say so he got burnt with like a, a piece of metal or with a nail. I feel even if it's on his fingernails. So it's not like. It's just pain. It's not like it's going to be like a, there's no scar. We figure out how much a man like him would 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 like how much would it cost to get him to go through that pain again? Okay. Ripoy Ripoy is medical bills. Now he You injure him. You got to pay. Now let's say you did injury A, which caused an infection. So. If the infection or the side ailments are due to the original ailment, then you got to pay. Now, if the side ailments are completely unrelated, it's just really bad luck. Like you broke his leg, and then he happened to also get a terrible get the flu, but the flu is not related to breaking his leg. The doctors feel it's unrelated. Then I don't have to pay for the flu. I have to pay for the leg. Let's say you did a wound. He went to the hospital, got better, but then the wound came back. So, you always have to pay because it's all stemming from that original injury. But, but let's say you healed him completely. And then the injury came back, but completely unrelated to you, it was complete healing. Then, you do not have to pay. Now, the next one is Shevis, which is loss of employment. Now, you'll think loss of employment is, let's say he's in the hospital for a week and he's a lawyer, you got to pay. The value of how much he pay for his uh, his his uh, his loss of work. The problem is you've been paying for a lot of stuff. You you already covered the tsar. You already covered the injury. You already covered the medical bills. So the loss of employment we do not pay for that person's job. Rather, we figure out the value of the cheapest labor, like someone who watches vegetables. He's a vegetable um, guard. So how much do you get paid? So let's say he's a, he's a lawyer and he gets paid $500 a day. Just pick a number. He's out for three days. You don't pay $1,500 because you have to pay for everything else. Rather, you figure out what's the, what, what, what does a person get paid if he's a vegetable guard? 
Five dollars a day. He's out three days. Pay fifteen bucks. So you pay the value. Why do you not pay for his specific job? Like because you already paid for everything else. Therefore, Chazal were not uh, more strict to pay for his job, but rather to pay for a job. And the boishes, the humiliation. That's hakolafiyah mevayish v'mizbayish. That that there's no rules for because that depends on the person. What's embarrassing to one person is not embarrassing to the other. What's not embarrassing to another is crazy embarrassing, depending on the situation. You have a, a big rub that goes through something that's much more embarrassing. A big rub that has a black eye could be much more embarrassing than a person who's uh, you know, a thuggy teenager. So you have to figure that out. It's all relative. Okay, now let's start the Gemara. Now the Gemara's premise is that when, you pay for, when, when someone gets hurt, you have to pay for the injury. Now, if you actually look at the Torah, it says ayin tachazayin, eye for an eye. We're now translating that eye for an eye is the value of an eye. You don't actually blind the assailant. The Gemara wants to say, how do you know this? Amai, how do you know that you just pay? How do you know that you don't just do, you cut off his hand? Like uh, Sharia law, you cut off his hand. How do you know that that's not the way? How do you know that that barbaric way is not the way of the Torah? So the Gemara says, I'll tell you why. It's a Pasuk. The Tanya, the Bray says, Let's say Reuven blinded Shimon, or cut his you might think that if Reuben blinded Shimon, Reuben should become blind. Or if Reuben cut off Shimon's hand, you cut off Reuben's hand. Or What's the source? That it's just money? It says, You strike a person, and it says, When you strike an animal. If a person punches an animal, he obviously doesn't uh, get punched back. It's money. So just like by an animal it's money, so too maki adam is money as well. Ma maki behemel tashlumen, af maki adam tashlumen. Now stop right here. One quick problem. There is no pasuk. We're saying right now there's exeri shavah. It says maki adam, and it says maki behema. Just like maki behema is money, so too maki adam is money. Couple things. First of all, you're learning out from a, an animal, which is interesting. You're learning out damaging a person from damaging an animal. Okay. But there is no pasuk that says maki adam, maki behema. There's no Pasuk like that. So w- which Pasuk is this referring to? That's question number one. Then the Brisa continues, And if you don't like this drasha, which, by the way, no one said that there's a problem, but we'll, we'll address that. So you have the first source that it's money is from Maka the Maka Behema, which we have to find out exactly what that Pasuk is. And then the Brisa says, And if you don't like this and you want a second Pasuk to say that it's money, I'll tell you why. Another source. The Pasuk says, you cannot accept ransom for a murderer, meaning that if someone's supposed to get killed, he can't buy his way off of death row. The implication is, the implication is, you only don't take money from the murderer who's supposed to get killed. But you do take money for someone who merely injured someone, meaning the implication is that if someone killed someone, he can't pay his way off. But if someone injured someone, he does pay his way off. Okay, that's the Brisa. Now let's start off, let's start analyzing this Brisa more properly. The Brisa said that the source that you pay is from Maki Adam, Maki Behema. Which Maki Adam and which Maki Behema? Hi Maki Adam, which one? Ilema, let's go with this Pasuk. This is a Pasuk in Vayikra, Perich Avdalit, Pasuk Chavalif. It says Maki Behema Yishal Menu, that if you injure an animal, you pay. Maki Adam, you must. And when you injure a person, you die. So you see, Maki Adam, Maki Behema. Here's the problem. That Make Adam is not referring to just punching your friend. It's referring to punching your father and you get the death penalty. So we're talking about a case where you injured someone, not where you get the death penalty. The Gemara says, That can't be the good source because that's not referring to injuring someone. 
That's not referring to injuring someone where merely you have to just pay money. That's talking about hitting your father and you get the death penalty. So that's not good. Rather, El Mehacha. I have a different source. This is a Pasuk. This is a Pasuk. Perech of Dalad, Pasuk Yudches. It says, Maki Nefesh Behema Yishal Menu Nefesh Tachas Nefesh. If you kill an animal, you have to do life for life, which is obviously you pay. The next Pasuk is, Ve'ish Ki Yitin Mumba Amiso. The next Pasuk says, If you injure a person, you get whatever you were dishing out. So you see that one Pasuk is referring to injuring an animal, and the next Pasuk is referring to injuring a person. Just like an animal is money, so to a person is money. Here's the problem. We said it's from Make Adam, Make Behema. Where does it say the word Make Adam? It says Make Behema, but it says, There is no word Make. So you said it's Shava from the word Make Make. There is no Make in the second one. There's Make Make Nefesh Behema, but there is no Make Adam. So the Gemara says, Hai Lav Make. How could you say that that's Shava? There is no second word Make. So the answer is Hako Hako Kamrin. Sometimes Shava is not the exact word, it's the concept. The concept is the Pasuk is a connecting injuring an animal, hitting an animal, to injuring a person. So it's not from the word make make, it's from the concept of hitting. The Pasuk is connecting, hitting an animal to hitting a, hitting a, hitting a person. And just like hitting a person, yeah, you, you could have Xerishava even if it's not the exact same word, but if the concepts are lined up. So I, so I guess it's from make nefesh behema to ish kiitin mumba amiso. There, it's the same concept. They're both talking about injuries. It's not the exact same word. The Gemara says, The Xerish is, is, just like the striking of an animal is financial, so to the striking of a person is financial as well. Okay? So that's how you know that when a person, when you hit a person, you don't do eye for an eye, you pay. Wait a minute, Foxiv, isn't there another Pasuk? This Pasuk is the Pasuk before. It says, The Pasuk says that when a person... If you hit another person, you shall surely die. That doesn't sound like money. That sounds like injury for injury. So the Gemara says, no, when it says die, it just means money. You're going to financially die. It means money. How do you know that it's with money? Maybe it's it's Misa meaning. We have Xerishava connecting the injury of an animal to the injury of a person. Just like animal's money, so to person's money. But we have another process, like Tupso from earlier, that says, you say, no, that Maisumas is money. How do you know? Maybe that Maisumas is actual injury for injury. The answer is, well, I, I'll tell you why, because we have Xerishava. Once you have Xerishava saying that it's money, then I know that the Pasuk before that says death means financial death, because I have Xerishava. Also, in that Pasuk of Pasuk Yudzayin, where it says, it also says, The same injury you, you, you have, that you got, you give. Now that's not talking about, uh, that, that implies that it's, which is a similar jargon for the Pasuk that we had regarding money. So, money, you see that it's, it's money. Okay, now the Brisa, let's go back to the Brisa. The Brisa said, how do I know that it's money? Maybe it's eye for an eye, literally. So it says, no, it's It says, yishalmenu. It says make by an a behema, and it says make by an adam. Just like make by an animal is is money, so to make by a person is money. Fine, and we, we explained that that it's not the exact word make. It's hakaka. It's the concept. Fine. Then the brayser said im and if you don't like that, 
I'll tell you another source, that a murderer cannot pay his way off, which implies a murderer cannot pay his way off, but someone who injures someone does pay his way off. What was the problem? We had a Shava, and then the Bryce says, if you don't like this, never said why you wouldn't like this, it just says, if you don't like this. So the Gemara says, my what's the problem with that drasha that you had to give me a second source? I'll tell you why. Here's the issue. Let me explain it outside, then we'll see it inside. You have, you have sort of, think of it, you know, if I was in person, I'd be showing you like one, two, three. You have on the left side, when injuring an animal. Injuring an animal is for sure money. For sure, no question. Go on the extreme right side. You have when another man kills another man or injures his father. That is death. That's, you get what you get. You killed someone, you get killed. That's not money. The question is, what happens when a person injures another person? So do, is it more comparable to injuring an animal, or is it more comparable to killing a person? That's the problem the Brisa has. The Brisa's source that you pay is that we learn it out from an animal. You could argue, instead of learning it out from injuring an animal, I'd rather comparing it to killing a person. Just like killing a person, you get killed, so to when you injure a person, you get injured. Meaning, you're comparing it, people to animal, I think it's more comparable people to people. Now yes, people to animal are both injuries. People to people would be injury to death. I understand that, but at least it's people to people. That's the issue with that pressure. Amru, he said, done in Zakim and Zakim, being done in Zakim and Misa. And that's the point. The Bryce is saying the issue with that first drasha is that it's comparing the injury of an animal to the injury of a person. You could argue, instead of doing that, instead of comparing injury to injury, I could compare people to people. The death of a person to the injury of a person. Now, yes, injury and death are not the same, but at least it's people to people. Hence the problem with the first drasha. To that, there's a second drasha. That's the need for the second drasha. Okay, now, quick problem. So we're saying right now, the second drasha, that you don't take ransom for a murderer, that a murderer cannot pay his way off, but uh, someone who injures someone does pay his way off. It's the source that when you injure another person, you don't get injured yourself, you pay. Here's the problem. Don't we use that pasuk of like, to tell you Kimle Bidarabine? Meaning, that isn't that the source that when someone is being killed, you don't also take his money? Kimle Bidarabine, that when someone gets a death penalty, he doesn't also have to pay. So how could you say Kaifer is telling me that when you injure someone, it's the source that when you injure someone you pay? I thought Lysikhu Kaifer is already being used to tell you Kimle Bidarabine. The Gemara says, That's what this Pasuk is coming to teach you. That this Pasuk is coming to teach you that 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 um, that you don't that you, you don't get injured yourself, you just pay. I thought it's used for Kimle Bidarabine. The Pasuk says, You should not punish someone in two ways. Don't kill him and take his money. That when you're going to kill him, don't take his money. So how could the Joshua teach you two things? The Gemara answers, no, I learned from something else. It's from the word 
You only punish for one evil, and you only do one punishment. You don't give him two punishments. So therefore, that's Kimlev Ramine, and Leisichu Kaifer is now extra to tell you that you financially pay when you hurt someone and you don't get injured yourself. boy, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Leisichu Kaifer, you're right, it's not teaching you Kimlev Ramine, but isn't it teaching you another concept, which is that you can't just buy your way off of uh, of uh, of death row, meaning the pasuk is telling you that that you that if the pasuk is not extra for drushes that when you injure someone you pay, isn't the pasuk telling you it's simple reading, which is that when a person it's pashup shot that when a person is on death row he can't pay his way off, you kill him, he can't just say I'll pay ten thousand dollars. There's no such thing. So how could you say the pasuk is extra for drushes? You need the pasuk for this simple reading of it. The answer is mk no. If the Pasuk was just coming for the simple reading, then I would tell you like this. The Pasuk, if it was just coming to teach you, it, could, it, could, it didn't have to say the word If the Pasuk was just coming to tell you that you, 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 you can't pay your way off of death row, the Pasuk would not have to use the word Rotseach. The Rotseach is to tell you that Dafka, a murderer, doesn't pay, but you do pay when you injure someone. That's the point of the Gemara. Okay. The Gemara says like this. Now, we said before, the basic Brisa is telling you, how do I know that you pay when you injure someone? You don't get an eye for an eye, literally. So one is Maka'ah, the Maka'ah, and if you don't like that, you have Leisiku Kaifer. The question is, what do you need both for? If if Leisiku Kaifer is good enough, then why do you need Maki other Maki Behemoth? The Gemara says, You see, if you just said Leisiku Kaifer, Leisiku Kaifer doesn't say that you can't do an eye for an eye. It's that you don't have to do an eye for an eye. Leisiku Kaifer just means that you don't take money for a death row, but you could take money for an injury. You could take money for an injury, but maybe you could still do eye for an eye. To that, you need two drushes. One is to tell you that you don't have to take an injury, and number two is you can't take an injury. So the first one is to tell you that you don't have to do eye for an eye, the second one is to tell you you can't do eye for an eye, and it's dafka money. Okay. Tanya, let's just finish up. The puzzle says eye for an eye. It means money. You pay for the eye. You said that it's eye for an eye money. Maybe it's actually an eye for an eye literally. Amrit. Well, the Bryce says, The reason why it can't be an eye for an eye literally is because not all eyes are the same size. What if this guy has big eyes? And this guy has small eyes. If it's eye for an eye, it's not going to be exact. Therefore, it's money which is exact. That's the Gemara's source. That's where Yehuda ben Dustoy. It's a very shver thing. The Gemara is going to point out that can't be the reason. We gave two reasons: Make, Make, or Lesichu Kaifer. But the, this new Bryce is telling you it can't be an eye for an eye literally because what if your eyes are the same size? You blinded someone with four inch, four uh, centimeter eyes, and you have two centimeter eyes. So it's not the same size. It's not eye for an eye literally. Here's the problem: and when you kill someone, it's a life for a life. So let's say you killed someone. That was 50 years old, but you're 20. So you're not going to get the death penalty? Because I'm, I'm, I'm not 50, I'm 20. What's the answer? It's life for life. So too, it's sight for sight. It doesn't have to be the exact same literal, you know, inches of the body. The Gemara says, 
Meaning, don't say that if it's that if it's the exact same eye sizes, you do blind one. Reuven blinded Shimon. Reuven gets blind, and when they're not the same eye sizes, that's when you pay because you have to have a uh, you have to have a consistent uh, punishment system. The Gemara says, "Wait a minute." So you tell me the reason why you can't do eye for an eye is because they're not all the same sizes. Amri, my kusha, how could that be a problem? Maybe the Torah means literally eye for an eye, physically. Eye, they're not the same sizes. It's sight. You took away Reuven's sight, you lose your sight. It's not that the eyeball has to be the same size. It's the sight, and the sight is the same. I'll prove it to you. I'll get it. I'll tell you that. Why? What does the Bryson say? Let's say I have a small man. A guy who's five foot seven kills a guy who's six foot. So you can't, he doesn't get the death penalty because I, I killed a six foot guy. I'm not the same size. What's the answer? It's life for life. So to maybe it's sight for sight. Therefore, this you need other drushes. This can't be the source that it's not an eye for must be you took a life. Therefore, you lose your life. So too, it's sight for sight. And therefore, that cannot be the svarah. All right, we'll stop here.